Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. I am your host, Spen. Nick. And we have a very special episode for you guys today. It is a crossover episode. That's right. Talking Nets hosts Keith McPherson and Hudson Flynn join the show today. Talking Nets is a Nets podcast brought to you by John Boy Media. So let's start with introducing our two guests, Keith and Hudson. How are you guys doing today? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having us on. I'm doing all right. Uh, getting ready for dinner Monday night. Uh, we got a game tonight. So after this pod, I'm sure we'll all be doing the same thing, rooting for the Nets and trying to get a back-to-back win against the Miami Heat, the Eastern Conference champs. The Eastern Conference champs looking a little hamstrung, though. Got got just about everybody and their mother out. But no, I'm doing well. Keith's doing well. Let's get it, boys. Before we get started with some Nets news, I just want to hear more about Talking Nets. Tell us about how the podcast came to be, how you guys met each other. I want the whole backstory. So I guess I have to tell the story. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's your story to tell, Keith. Yeah, it really is. Um, so when Talking Nets started, I mean, Hudson was a Nets fan before the podcast started. I was a Nets fan before the podcast started. Talking Nets started before we even met each other or knew we'd be podcasting together. Talking Nets was an idea that came from the Talking Sports family. And when I say Talking Sports family, I'm talking about John Boy Media, Talking Yanks. It's probably the biggest Yankees podcast out. Talking Baseball, which we know for a fact is like the number one baseball podcast out. Talking Giants, Talking Knicks. Uh, they used to have Talking Folk and a podcast called Talking Sports, which I was on. But for the Nets, it was like, hey. You know, John Boy Media was taking the next step to becoming a real company, a real brand, a real sports media brand. And I think some people in John Boy Media were talking about, hey, if you guys are doing New York sports, you need to be covering the Nets. The Nets are going to have a big presence in New York. They're going to be huge. You should get in on it. And nobody under the John Boy Media umbrella at the time was a Nets fan or had even enough basketball knowledge to pick up a Nets podcast. I was doing my thing in the Yankee world, Yankees Twitter. You guys see we have Nets Twitter. I would say Yankees Twitter is probably 10 times the size of Nets Twitter. And, uh, you know, through my Yankee path, doing a podcast, making videos, going to the games, I meet John Boy and Jake. And then after I meet John Boy and Jake, I just keep in touch with them. And I ended up kind of doing my own thing where I was a free agent at the end of the 2019 season. And I saw what they were building. I saw what they were doing. And I was like, you know, I want to be a part of this. You got a guy in me that, you know, can help you guys out. Anything I can do. And the first assignment was talking Nets. They said, listen, we got a Nets podcast. You know, we can't help you. We can't pay you. But we need someone to start building this Nets podcast. Hudson was around before me. Hudson actually designed this logo. Well, that's fresh. I like that a lot. Hudson designed the logo, which I didn't know until like, this what year, like, like, like a month ago, even <laughs> like a month ago, I found out that Hudson designed the logo, but Hudson was was pegged as an intern. I think there were some tweets from Talking Nets just saying, hey, we're looking for an intern. And the way the universe is, Hudson was the first guy to connect it. And he was able to elevate from intern to host pretty quickly because it was on me to figure out 
where to go with this and what to do with this. And, uh, you know, the first test episode, we did a bunch of test episodes in the beginning. Honestly, the first episode that I did, I didn't even know it was going to go live. But Jimmy, John Boy heard it and he's like, don't wait, like throw it out there. See what people say. He published it. I think Hudson was on episode eight and I hear Hudson speak about basketball. I just hear the, the kids speak and I'm like, this is an 18 year old kid in college who knows his basketball. He's well-spoken. And for his first time ever doing a podcast, he did pretty good. So kept talking to him. He kept working, doing social media stuff. Next thing you know, by like, I don't know, episode 15 or 16, I elevated him to being the full-time co-host with me. And we haven't looked back since. I mean, Keith, I'll just cut in here and quickly say that that elevation, that change happened exactly one year ago today. Wow. That's the universe. It it was our Kobe episode after his passing. Oh man. That was what started it. And it's been, it's been a year crazy to think that it's been a year since Kobe's passing. Obviously we're recording this Monday, January 25th before the Miami heat game. Not sure when it's going to be published, but the fact that it's been a year, the fact that it's been a year since his passing, all so many things have changed. You know, since me becoming a part, you know, co-host of Talking Nets, a bigger part of John Boy Media. So many things have changed. Keith, obviously, he became a full-time employee of John Boy Media. And just so many things have changed in that time. It's just kind of crazy to, you know, look back and think it's only been a year, even though obviously coronavirus and all that made it feel like a Kobe, little Kobe bit passed, longer. Kobe passed on the 24th? I think today is I think today is the one year. It's It was okay. either the, the 25th or the 26th, and then that was my first episode. I, I knew it was coming up, and I remember how heavy that was for us. I mean, for the whole sports world, everybody took that very hard. And at John Boy Media, we stress that, like, we're fans. We're not reporters. This is not a news outlet. We are fans covering the game from a fan perspective. And some fans were saying to John Boy and John Boy Media, how come you guys haven't address the Kobe situation? How come you haven't put out RIP Kobe? How come you haven't spoken about Kobe on a podcast? And John Boy Media is pretty much baseball content first and then some, you know, football and basketball. And it was like our first real chance to say, okay, we're going to be the voice for John Boy Media as the guys that do a basketball podcast, the guys that could probably speak to this the best. And it just blew my mind that that was a year ago. Like Hudson and I had a lot of conversations about how to talk about the Kobe situation, how to tweet about it, how we were going to speak on it. And uh, yeah, man, that's wild. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, RIP. That's actually tomorrow. I just uh, just checked. The yeah, it's tomorrow. So it's tomorrow. It is tomorrow. tomorrow. So the- the pod will be released tomorrow. So on the one year anniversary of Kobe's passing. So RIP Kobe, when this comes out, uh, we miss you. We love you, man. Just want to put that out. Cause that will be the same day. All right. Um, I, I want to change the, the subject a little bit. And I, me and Keith's first interaction via Twitter DMS was very funny. It might've not been our first interaction, but I had to ask Keith what scary hours meant because I didn't know <laughs> it was very embarrassing. I mean, I'm not like a, like an old buck here, but I just, I had no idea. I would see it after every Nets game that Harden played it. I just see scary hours. He, he had to explain that to me. Um, can you explain that to me one more time live on the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. I think we gave you guys a shout out on, um, on our last pod, not the one that we put out today, but the one before that, because you're not alone. A lot of people were kind of like scary hours. I even made a hardened highlight video and I took the like urban dictionary definition, which is like, I guess as simple as they could make it, but it's a hip hop term. Honestly, the first time I ever heard of scary hours was when Drake dropped two songs in a package called scary hours. It was diplomatic immunity. And I think it was God's plan. Yeah, it was God's plan. And, uh, 
after he dropped those, the next time I heard the term scary hours was when Meek Mill was rapping. He used it. And then I think Lil Baby might have used it as well. And James Harden, most people know he's best friends with Lil Baby. He's good friends with Meek Mill. Like he's in the hip hop circles, in the hip hop community. He uses that lingo. So when he got up on the mic and was saying, yeah, when we get Kyrie back and we, you know, we start practice, it's going to be scary hours. I, I loved it. I'm like, this is hip hop crossing with NBA and an NBA player basically telling people like, it's going to be scary for the league. We're putting the league on notice. Scary hours is that time in the night when nothing good happens, right? Scary hours is like, my mom used to say something like after 2 a.m., nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Like, like that's when the bars close. That's when you should go home because anything that happens between 2 a.m. and the sunrise is scary hours. Spooky I think stuff that's a Ted, that's on. a Ted Mosby quote too. How I Met Your Mother. Perfect. I know. I didn't know where it came from. I gave credit to my mom, but Ted, How I Met Your Mother. There it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, when you reached out to me and, and asked, I elaborated, and then we took the opportunity to you know talk about it on the pod because you you weren't alone. A lot of people were confused with that or just never really heard the term before. And then scary hours turned into something completely different. The weekend after, when we actually went to Cleveland and we were looking kind of scary out there, we were kind of spooked out there. It was scary hours with the Nets versus the media. <laughs> All right. I wanted to get into some Nets news with you guys. Uh, drop it. This happened, I guess, the day before. So today's the 25th. This is when I heard it. Brooklyn is hoping that the Cavs can reach a buyout with Andre Drummond. They have also talked about being interested in trading for JaVale McGee, possibly Kevin Love. Hudson, what are your guys' thoughts on this? What do you guys think about possibly acquiring one of these three guys from a team, as Keith mentioned, destroyed us last week? Well, first off, you know, give me Andre Drummond if that's an option. That was more of a before-the-season thing. This man has been putting up 20 and 20 on a consistent basis, you know, for the Cavs. So I don't know if he's necessarily a buyout candidate anymore or if he's more of a trade candidate because if they can get something for him, they're going to get whatever return that they can. And you know, I don't know if the Nets are in a position, you know, with the assets they have to really be trading for a player that's, you know, really honestly having a much better season than people had expected. Uh, you know, like you said, there's also the JaVale McGee news. I think that is much more of an, you know, an achievable target for this Nets team. He's the kind of guy that you can get for cheap. He's an older guy. He knows how to slot into a rotation. He's got a couple of rings under his belt already. And to me, he's just the kind of person that can really slot in on this Nets team and just be a nice high upside player who's a bigger body, which is something obviously that the Nets are lacking. And then today we saw the Kevin Love news. And honestly, I, I was confused right off the bat because, you know, I, I understand the appeal of Kevin Love on this team. You know, a, a stretch bigger guy, he can go out there, he can shoot, he can play with his body. You know, all that's great. But he's got $31 million a season going into his paycheck and – I, the Nets just don't straight up don't have that money to pay him. So that scared me a little bit because the Nets would have to include something in that trade that maybe I don't want to give up or, you know, maybe it wouldn't work out for someone who's fairly injury prone. So out of that, those three players, I'm looking straight at JaVale McGee and saying, listen, this is the most gettable. And I think, you know, the best target we can go after based on what this team needs while not giving away too much, you know, whether it is players or, you know, additional second round picks. How does McGee compare to DeAndre? Because to me, I'm, I'm looking at two guys who are getting a bit older who know how to finish on an alley-oop but really don't have too many strengths besides, you know, their one, two, three things they're consistent with. So to me, I understand how McGee fits into this offense, but 
is that really something that's going to make or break that starting lineup? To me, that's just like, all right, cool. We got another big man who could, who could finish off a hardened alley-oop, but what else does that do for us? I mean, the past couple of years, I haven't seen much from McGee other than sometimes being in the right place down low at the right time. Well, to me, other than bringing that championship pedigree that he does have, you know, as much as, you know, Shaq or other people might want to clown him, he is someone that can just spell DeAndre Jordan. And honestly, I wouldn't, if for a second round pick, we could duplicate DeAndre Jordan, I wouldn't complain that much because, yes, we all have our problems with DJ, whether it's, you know, effort, whether it's moving his feet, all these things. He can't play 40 minutes a night. So if we can get someone that can be, you know, 100% for even a little bit longer, just so we can stretch out when that, you know, that center can be playing with, you know, his peak effort, his peak energy. That's something that this team needs because it's very clear that we don't have a backup center because Nick Claxton is out for another month and Reggie Perry, we love him. We had him on talking nets. He's a great guy, a great young kid. He's a rookie going without summer league and he's also not a natural center. So he's backing up Deandre Jordan at center as a power forward. Who's more shooting from the outside and it just doesn't make much sense there, you know, and as we've seen, and as we saw all of his interactions with Jared Allen go, I would say rather poorly. So to me, I think even if he is just another DeAndre Jordan, it allows that DeAndre Jordan type player to play with more energy for longer, something that they have not been able to do because of course, you know, age and, you know, most people can't play 40 minutes a night, especially when they're a bigger guy. I, I think he's better than DeAndre Jordan. I think I don't know if he's a year younger. I think DeAndre Jordan's 32. JaVale McGee might be his same age or younger. Uh, I think he can move better than DeAndre. Sometimes DeAndre is stuck in quicksand. And like Hudson said, it's to spell DeAndre Jordan. It's so that we're not playing in a game against the Bucks again where DeAndre Jordan gets 38 minutes. Like, we probably should lose most situations playing DeAndre Jordan 38 minutes. Also, like Hudson talked about, we're depending on Reggie Perry to give us minutes at the five. We've put Jeff Green at the five. Nick Claxton, we don't know when his knee's going to be good so that he can step in there. I, I look at the Nets right now, looking at the Cavs who we just played. They were in town, and th they're like the opposite of us. We've got too many guards. They've got too many bigs. So, like, let's make a deal here. Let's make a trade, and we're not being greedy. I don't need Kevin Love's contract. I don't need Kevin Love as a player. Andre Drummond, of course, I'd take Andre Drummond on this team over JaVale McGee. That'd be ridiculous. That wouldn't be fair. Um, just give us JaVale McGee and make this team better. Like, I'm sure Sean Marks is working on it. They've got Larry Nance Jr. in Cleveland, too. Like, send one of those big dogs over here so we can get better. You know, I'll just take Colin Sexton, too, for that matter. That dude cannot <laughs> miss a shot these past couple of weeks. Yo, he murdered us. It was uh, it was a sad night for me because talk about scary hours. Yeah, that's that was real scary. That was a real scary hours. I said, you know, they said we were serial killers. They they said uh, Kyrie is Michael Myers. They said KD and and the bearded one are like Freddie and Jason. I was like, well, those are all fictional characters. In real life, Colin Sexton turned into Ted Bundy. He started killing. He was murdering all of us, and we like fans, players. He wasn't missing shots like in that second overtime. He won that on his own and closed us out. And he was wearing Kyrie's old number two in Cleveland with Kyrie's shoes on. And that's the thing about the Nets right now. We're going from the hunters to the hunted. We're going to get every best player shot on every team. The best player is going to give us their best shot. And every team is going to come out trying to beat us because the Cavs were told they were going to lose by 200. So there's pride on the line.
Yeah, that was, that was a tough loss for me to swallow. I mean, both those games were, right? The first game, you know, that's the big threes debut. We, we can get into it. Uh, but Colin Sexton, 42 points. And it wasn't just Colin Sexton. It was Jared Allen giving us the business for two straight games. Uh, Larry Nance and Andre Drummond had their ups and downs. But I think Drummond put up 19 in that second game. And it was like a part one, part two. Part one was competitive. We went to double overtime. We lost. Part two, no Kevin Durant. You think maybe James Harden and Kyrie Irving can hold down the fort? They couldn't. And, and our front court was horrible in that second game. Oh, and not, not to mention Torian Prince, who was, I don't know, a lot of Nets fans' worst nightmare when he was on the court for Brooklyn absolutely destroyed us in that series. He did not miss. So I, I, I mean, guess, I'm, I'm guilty yeah. of throwing Torian Prince so much shade while he was in that. Like, I was like, Listen, why is this all dude of getting us so are. many minutes? Every oh my god! Nets fan is because because why wouldn't we be like he's just not a good player and you know, me and Keith spoke on this on our, our last podcast that released uh, today Monday January twenty fifth is you know like when it comes to it like we're we're fans and we're liable to expect more from a player when they're not delivering and we talked a lot about Landry Shamet doing that and honestly I just think that this team needs to figure out how to capitalize on the players that are on its roster because we can't expect. Sean Marks to be continually flipping players when they're not working. Torrey and Prince got a revenge game. So did Jared Allen. And I think that's all they'll get. I think at the end of the season. Nah, the you Cavs, know Jared Allen's going to get more than that. Come on. I mean, against the Nets. I don't know when we play them next. I think we'll be prepared for them. I think we'll have a different team. But what I'm saying is that instant karma, right? The Nets make the trade. These guys go to the Cavs. And who do we face when we get Harden, Katie, and Kyrie on the court for the first time? Jared Allen and Torian Prince. And good for those guys. Jared Allen seemed like he was having a blast. It ripped my heart out. You know, he was dunking on Joe Harris, smiling, laughing, and there was nothing we could do about it. So good for those guys. They got their revenge game. But we've got much bigger things to worry about. We've got much more uh, on our minds than, you know, back-to-back games with the, Cl- with the Cleveland Cavaliers at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. <laughs> You're, you're absolutely right, Keith. And I, I guess it's kind of weird because we got Harden before that, that you know, Cavs sweep. But essentially, we lost those two games because of that trade. So I, I want your and Hudson's opinion. When we traded for Harden, when we gave up Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, um, Torian Prince, Rodion Kuroks, and a ton of draft picks, what was your guys' initial reaction? Because uh, I saw Nets Twitter explode. You had some people that were upset. You had some people that were excited. You had some people like me and Nikki. We were more in the middle. I mean, I actually liked the, the trade. Nick was not too high on this, and I'm not going to let him live this down. He hated the trade. But what were your guys' takeaways the second that that Harden deal went through? Man, I damn near crashed my car. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was back at home. I was, um, I was on a date with my girlfriend, and the news broke. And I swear I turned into like a drunk driver for a couple of seconds. I was, I was swerving around the road. I, I didn't know what to do. I, I pulled over to get to, to, to call Keith and be like, all right, what are we doing? Emergency podcast, emergency live stream. So I had to, I had to rush back home just to even get the time to think about this hard and trade before I even really got to sit down and comprehend what it meant and what it meant losing Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, and you know, all these other guys. And honestly, after thinking about it, first off, I'm just going to say what Jared Allen said, when you can trade for James Harden, a consensus top five player in the NBA, when it is so difficult to be that you have to, you give up whatever you can to get your guy. He's in the middle of his prime. He's doing things that we've never seen done on a basketball court. And he wants to be on this team. He wants to come win a championship. He still has that drive. He has that chip on his shoulder, just like KD does and Kyrie does. 
I think he gels so well into that mentality. And yeah, it's tough. You have to give up all these players. And, you know, some people say we gave up our culture. But to me, it's just, you know, we've changed our culture. This isn't the D'Lo Nets anymore. This isn't the rebuilding Nets anymore. This is the new regime, the new era of Nets basketball. And that's a winning era. That's a championship era. And, you know, I thank you, Jared Allen. I thank you, Karis. I even thank you, D'Lo. You guys were the bridge to where we are now. We wouldn't be able to be where we are now without them on our team, without the contributions that they gave us. But this is the next level of basketball. And James Harden is a Brooklyn net. And that's something that I never thought was ever going to happen. A player of his caliber on the nets, let alone a player of his caliber alongside Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So to me, it's just, this is the most fun you can have as a Nets fan. And I'm just going to enjoy it. I want to hear Keith's reaction, but uh, you you mentioned thank you to Jared Allen. Thank you, Karis LeVert. I didn't hear a thank you, Rodion's Karooks. Listen, Rody, (laughs) Rody, Rody, that man, (laughs) listen, listen. That that year against uh, the 76ers in the playoffs, he was his like first a starter year, his rookie team. year, his rookie year. He was on the in the Rising Stars game. Like, I I don't know what happened to Rody. Rody, I'll tell you guys a funny story about Rody. Um, Rody was actually in a position to be uh, the first player on Talking Nets, but um, all of a sudden there were some things that came up, and uh, in discussions with his agent things kind of fell apart. So uh, no love lost for Rodion's Kuruks, who it seems like gave us the yes to coming on the podcast and then flip the switch real quick. Yeah, it might have been best for Rody to not go on a podcast where anyone could potentially ask him anything. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying he had some things pop up with his name in the news where his PR guy or his manager probably suggested that we duck any situations where – Questions could be asked, especially when you're the last man on the bench. But yeah, thanks, Rody. Uh, my reaction to James Harden and the trade to the Nets. Okay, so I think it was like a Wednesday or a Thursday. I think we were playing the Knicks that night. It was definitely I, Wednesday. It was, last it was a Wednesday. Wednesday. Two weeks ago. It was a Wednesday, and we were playing the Knicks that night. We were just coming off a win. And that morning, they were playing the, you know, the highlights. I think Katie had just came back from you know, being out for COVID and he was killing and I'm watching the highlights of KD. And then the next thing they go to that morning on sports center was Harden, just like, you know, it's not going to work, you know, like basically talking down on the rockets and, and voicing his displeasure publicly. And then you hear Boogie cousins come out and say, nobody ever did anything to this guy. You know, we just want to you know move along with the season and play. And, and in my head that morning, I'm like, Maybe Sean Marks is still on this. Maybe this is, I don't know. I'm like, it's not going to happen. They're not going to trade him. They would have traded him by now. I remember going to lunch and I'm talking to one of my dudes at the bodega and he sees me wearing my net stuff. And I'm like, yo, the Harden trade is about to go down, bro. There's, there's rumblings on Twitter. Like you saw what he said last night. I think Sean Marks stayed on it and talking nets. We did a, a pod draft night. And the title of the pod was, this is not a draft preview. We want James Harden. We didn't care about the draft at all. And now looking back at the draft, when we heard that we traded the pick for Landry Shamit, we were kind of confused. And I was like, okay, I like his game, maybe. But no, that like we didn't care about the draft at all. Nets fans don't care about the draft. We're used to hosting the draft and not picking in the draft. So when the when when the draft came all we wanted to see was a trade for James Harden on draft night trade the picks trade the players whoever to get Harden it didn't happen then but Sean Marks stayed on it so that Wednesday when it happened 
I'm in the office with mostly Knicks fans, baseball fans, people that don't care about basketball. And I jump out of my seat like, yo, we did it. Yo, it's going down. We got Harden. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. That's a sick shirt. Like, we go hard. Hashtag we go hard. And then we got Harden. And I started thinking of, like, ideas for, like, our merch and stuff. And I'm like, this is huge. I'm like, we just pulled off the heist. The Lakers did it when they got AD. You know, like this is how the NBA works. They, you know, they get you a new head coach. They get you star players. They put the star power together. Stars win championships. Championship aspirations we've already had with Katie and Kyrie. Now this solidifies it. Oh, my God. And then, of course, you hear the details come out. And it's like, oh, not Jared Allen. He was playing like an all-star. Oh, Karis, Karis just dropped 43 points the other night. No. And everything comes out. And you just kind of realize once Harden gets on the court, and you see him doing his signature step back between between his, he's dishing the ball. You're like, wait, James Harden is doing this for the Brooklyn Nets. It was all worth it. I don't care what anyone says. It's worth it to put James Harden on this team. And you guys have noticed he's been deferring. He's been passing a lot. He's changed his game. We played him at the four the other night. It was his first time ever in the front court. OK, I think that these guys are. This is this is the big this is the best big three ever. Like talent wise, resume wise, stats wise, what kind of caliber players these guys are. I think this has the potential like to to be a championship team and a dynasty. And of course, I'm gonna say that I'm a Nets fan. I'm completely biased, but I love the trade and I just know how the NBA works. So when I saw that go down, I'm like, this is Sean Marks and the Nets putting all their chips in. Uh, this is not 2013 when we went to get. Kevin Garnett in year 17 and Paul Pierce in like year 14. Like this is not that this is the net saying we're trying to win it this year and putting the league on notice. And yeah, there's some bumps in the road trying to figure some stuff out, but I think we're going to be just fine, better than just fine. Once we fill his roster and get some practices in. Yeah. I mean, I think even if people were on the fence about Harden and me specifically, Spence said we did an emergency pod and I was just down the whole time. Like I wasn't talking much. My roommates were like, why are you so quiet? It's just something in your heart kind of hurt when you heard it, right? Like, even if uh, uh, like logistically it makes sense and it's good news, like Hudson was saying, to get a consensus top five player in the league, it still hurt, right? But after watching him play, even those people who are skeptical about him being on the Rockets, watching all the shade, watching DeMarcus Cousins, watching Boogie Cousins, uh, like, rip him apart. Our dad, me and Spen's dad, texted us and we're like, Man, I don't know about Harden. He's a volume shooter. Do we really need another guy? Just going to keep the ball in his hands the whole time. And then we watched him play those first few games and deferred the shot every time for the pass. Was a pass first player. Was almost a true point guard. But, you know, Kyrie wasn't there. It almost felt like we had someone who could handle the ball 99% of the time. And for a second, it was like, is Kyrie going to be the guard now? Is Harden going to be the guard? Obviously, they're going to play in tangents. And our pops texted me and Spen again and said, I take everything I said back. I had no idea. Harden was this good of a passer. I had no idea. And obviously, if you pay attention to the NBA, you know Harden's capabilities if you've been following him over the last three to five years. But with that said, those fans out there who heard, oh, man, fat Harden, oh, man, he's just going to chuck up a shot. He's a nightmare <laughs> in the locker room. All of those people now are, are, are through the roof excited to have this guy on the squad because he proved to everybody here he's taking this seriously. He's not effing around anymore and now he's going to be the player that he had always had the potential to be on an all-star team 14 assists that night I think that was the Nets record for a debut a player to have 14 assists and I think it's an NBA record too and yeah Harden had to play the game he had the pillow underneath his uh warm-up he was playing like he was fat and out of shape 
He was not putting any energy or, you know, just acting like he didn't want to be there, saying all the right things to get out. And then in the uh, the press conference, which we all waited 90 minutes to see Harden, you know, get on camera, he said someone asked him something about like, are you still going to be the are you still going to be the same type of player? Or are you still going to be a dominant player if you have the ball or if you don't have the ball or like his fit here? And he's like, yeah. And then someone else asked him, how's your conditioning? And he's just like, great. Like, like, you'll see, like, you'll see, I'm here now. I'm somewhere I want to be, you know, you'll see. I don't think you can understate how important it is that he's somewhere that he wants to be. And you just bring a different type of energy, a different type of mentality when you want to be there. Like, just look at what Anthony Davis did in new Orleans versus what he's doing for the Lakers. It's just a different level that you bring when you want to be somewhere. So I'm hyped for it. And I think he's really going to enter that, that new echelon of, just doing whatever he can to bring a championship back to Brooklyn. Totally. I, I would have loved to see at that press conference you were talking about, Keith, if, you know, when somebody asked about his conditioning, he just like pulled that heat pad out from his stomach and just <laughs> tossed it to the reporter. Like, yo, my conditioning is fine, bro. Thank you. <laughs> just, just drop 30 pounds. We're all good. <laughs> I want to go over the first win of the big threes tenure together. That was on Saturday against the Miami Heat. 128, 124, no Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero for the Heat, but Kyrie Irving was phenomenal. He had 28 points, 18 in the fourth quarter. He was essentially our closer for that game. Kevin Durant had 31. He's on this ridiculous streak of like, I don't know how many consecutive 30-point games. Uh, James Harden had a quieter night, 12 points and 11 assists. And then Joe Harris had an unbelievable game. He had 23 points on seven made three-pointers. Uh, Nets were up big in this game. I think they were up 14 going into the fourth quarter and they squandered that lead. They held on for the win, but Hudson and, and Keith, how did you guys feel after this win? This was the first win of the big three playing together. I mean, I felt good. I felt, I felt like, you know, it looked like it came together. Our closers went out and closed the game. And I think that's really what you need going forward. Like this Nets team is not a team built for the regular season. This is a team built to go deep into the playoffs, right? So I wanted to see who was going to play well in those crunch time scenarios. And when the Heat cut the lead and when Bam went, you know, all NBA Hall of Fame level for a quick minute, you know, we saw our players close out the game. And that was Kyrie, honestly, because he came into that fourth quarter, I believe only having scored 13 points. And he came in and he was just taking over the game, just like we know he can, just like we know KD can, just like we know James Harden can. And that's what's so crazy about this team because all three of them have the opportunity to completely take over a game to the point where no matter what the other team does, it doesn't matter. We watched it happen to us with Colin Sexton. We could have done our best basketball of this season, but if Colin Sexton's going to drop, drop 20 straight points, that's what he's going to do. And if Kyrie is going to win the Nets that game, that's what he's going to do. And we saw him do it in the finals and he's going to bring that energy and that mentality to this Nets team. And we just saw it you know, all condensed into this great end of a regular season game. And it just made me so excited. And after that, I just, you know, I, I, I just fully solidified, you know, the idea in my head that like, yes, there's more moves to be made. Yes, there's more things to come. But when you look at this team right now and the way that it's built, it's built to win games. And that's what they're going to do. Because when you put, you know, three of the greatest players in the NBA on the court at the same time, that team doesn't lose, you know, in normal circumstances. And that's what it was. It was a normal circumstance that they just took over. And every Nets fan should have been absolutely out of their seat, cheering and losing their mind when they watched that happen. Cause it was just, it was just magical. It was just insane. And you just got to re respect greatness when it's there. 
Yeah, watching that game Saturday night, I felt like, we, you know, we were back in Brooklyn, get out of Ohio. These guys were in Ohio from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like, you know, they had to, I guess, fly out Thursday night into Friday, get back. So we're back in Brooklyn. We're back on our home court. We get KD back. I think I said on Talking Nets uh, last night, which came out this morning, I'm like, yo, we're going to get to a point in like March or April where KD can't rest because, yes, KD is averaging 30 points a game. But I think we underestimate how much he affects our defense and our rotations. When we didn't have KD, our rotations were off. Communication was off. There's no defense. Durant changes that. With Durant there, he's communicating. He's telling guys where to be. And he's seven foot. He can get in the lane. He can, he can guard almost everybody on the floor. What else from that game? Joe Harris. I meant to say something on Talking Nets about Joe Harris. Like, that is the Joe Harris that we need. That's the $72 million Joe Harris that we need. The guy's still streaking, you know, consecutive games with a three-pointer made. Great. Kyrie, Kyrie, close him out. Kyrie, the closer. As a Nets fan, and I know you guys know, there were plenty of years in the last, let's say, five years where it was like, yo, the Nets just don't have a closer. We can play a good team tough until we get in the fourth, and then the stars close us out, whether that be LeBron coming to Brooklyn to do it, whether that be Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. You guys have seen the games that we've lost where, like, I guess last year, you know, Spencer hit a couple game-winning shots or, you know, three years back, D'Lo was the closer for us, but not a real closer. Now we have three legit closers in KD, Kyrie, and Harden, and Harden didn't score his first bucket until the fourth quarter. I think until there was like 10 minutes left in the fourth. It, was, it, it wasn't even a bucket. It was on a goaltend. He had he hit yes. some free throws, but it came out on a goaltend, which I thought was hilarious. It didn't even go through the hoop. <laughs> exactly. And that's basketball. And that's like like things like that are going to happen. And, and that is uh, not the norm. That's not something you're going to see much. But we still found a way to win. KD has to play. We waited this long as Nets fans for KD to play. He missed all of last year. He has to play. I understand the Achilles. I understand. But we need him. We need him. And when we're playing these good teams like the Heat, the Heat have been there for us. I think last year and maybe two years before, the Heat were the team to break our losing streak. Like we were losing like six, seven, maybe eight games in a row. And then we play the Heat and we, we break that losing streak. The Heat were there for us. We got them again tonight. I'm excited to see what they do, and uh, we need KD on the floor. We need Kyrie to have the Mamba mentality. We need Harden to, you know, really find his fit, and the rest of these guys to pick it up. Hit open shots. That's it. Hit open shots. When these guys kick the ball to you, they're, they're drawing all the attention. Joe Harris, Landry Shamit, whoever else is out there, TLC, knock down the open shots, and we'll be all right. I'm, I'm going to get flack for saying this, but is Joe Harris officially a better three-point shooter than Duncan Robinson? He, he's been a what? He's been a better three-point shooter. He, he he actually has never been a worse three-point shooter. If you look at who has led the league in three-point percentage since what? Joe Harris has been playing consistent minutes, he is two percentage points higher than the next best player, Steph Curry. So Love that it. just answers that question. I don't know. I don't know if there's any other discussion to be had. We're comparing Damn. him to Sheen from Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> Talking about Sheen. Wow, dude. Stan, you know who's going to be pissed about that, bro? Oh, your boy, Jay Willie. Um... All right, a few more fun segments to close out the pod. Uh, this one's called Let's Play the Stock Market Brooklyn Nets Edition. So I'm going to name one player. All four of us are going to say if we want to buy the stock or sell the stock. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Let's start with Landry Shamit. Sell. Should have never bought. Sell. Should have never brought him here. Sell. Hudson? <laughs> yeah, you know the answer. Sell him. <laughs> Nick? 
Yeah, I'm going to sell him. I was excited when he came in. I was. I, I was hoping for big things. But, yeah, at this point, I got nothing left from him. Shame on all three of you guys. I'm buying it. This is a, a shooter. He's in a slump. He's going to come through when you least expect it. He's going to be hot. He's someone who we're going to need in the playoffs. Tonight. Tonight. There you go. He's going to hit the big shot tonight. I'm going to buy his stock. He's a shooter. He's been around the game. He's not shooting well, but he'll get into it. All right. Next player up is a Nets newcomer, Norvell Pell. Uh, bye, Velpel. I've already gave him a, a shortened name, and I think he's exactly what Nets fans are looking for right now. I don't care if he scores. He's going to be a rim protector and play defense and give us some good minutes. Yes, bye. Man, bye, bye, bye. Get the Pell out of here. We're going to be seeing a lot of good stuff from him, rim protecting. Like he said, exactly what Nets fans have been looking for. And even if he doesn't work out, we got him for nothing. We can get rid of him for nothing. We fill another roster spot. No worries for him. Love the signing. You know, I was on the fence, but then I heard Keith's nickname for him, Val Pell, 100% buy. That sounds sick. <laughs> I'm going to sell. Where the where the Pell has this guy been? I have no idea what he's <laughs> for. I, I don't want him on my team. We already have Reggie Perry, who we drafted. I, I just don't know. Well, I mean, I'm going to sell because I have no idea who this guy is. Um, all right, next player up is TLC. Bye, bye. So TLC put together back-to-back games with zero points, and I was like, "Where did what happened?" I, we were we were a TLC stand pod for a couple weeks. Hudson calls him TL three. TL three is back. He looked good in the second game against the Cavs, and we need him to just hit those threes when he's open like that. So bye. I think TLC will he'll be fine. TL three is back. Last game he had eleven points in ten minutes. We know what we can get from TLC. And guess what? If we don't get it from TLC, it's it's not a big loss. So guess what? You're buying TLC because guess what? Whenever he comes on the floor, he has the opportunity to take over the game like someone I've never seen. I don't know how it happens. He In that in that uh, Hornets game back at the beginning of the season, KD and Kyrie are on the, was on the court. He managed to take over the game, score 10 straight points. It's It's the first round ability that we've seen from him. And it just comes out to play sometimes. And when it does, he's almost unstoppable. Yo, Levert who? TLC <laughs> taking over Levert's spot. I don't want no scrubs. TLC, I'm taking them all day. I'm going to sell TLC. His bad outweighs his good. He'll hit a few shots. He'll come in. He'll have a few hustle plays. But when it matters most, I see him turn the ball over. I've seen him make bad decisions on offense. And he's not the best defender in the world. Yeah, the I've fouls. seen him get put in a blender. The fouls. So I'm, I'm going to sell him. I need more consistent play out of him, especially when he's getting wide open shots from KD, Harden, and Kyrie every game. DeAndre Jordan, buy or sell? Sell. You got to buy him. Don't have any other choice right now, right? No, we got some choices coming. <laughs> I'm going to have to hope for that. But with this team right now, seems like I'm buying. Don't really have much of a choice. I'm buying. I think he's just trying to do a couple more suicides at practice during the week and he'll be good to go. <laughs> I'm going to buy only because I think James Harden made him a legitimate threat on offense before Harden was here. I would have sold this in a, every single day and twice on Sunday, but Harden is one of the best passers of the alley-oop in the game. And that's like DeAndre Jordan's only skill. So I'll buy him. Uh, next, next up's your guy, Reggie Perry. Are we buying or selling his stock? Bye. I like Reggie. I don't think that he should be thrown into the fire as much as a rookie. He's literally a rookie with which we just talked about. No G League, no preseason camp really thrust into this NBA restart 72 game season. He's shown that 
you know, he's willing to learn under fire. Uh, I'm going to buy. I think he's going to be a, a good player for the Nets down the line. And I do like that, you know, he's getting these reps now. It's going to make him better in, in the in the playoffs when we really need him. That's a big buy for me. I like his energy. I like his confidence. When we had him on the podcast, I asked him, what's your first bucket in the NBA going to be? He comes out three. No question. I like that energy and we've seen it. He's jumping, he's bouncy. And listen, he might not make all the right plays. You got to remember he's a second round rookie that didn't have a summer league. So anything that we can get from him is a huge win. And honestly, we've been getting some good stuff from him in the limited run that he's gotten. So absolutely a buy. I'm going to sell. If we're in a win now mentality, I know you guys got a personal connection to this dude. I don't think he's the type of player we need right now. Um, you know, I wish him all the best. I bet he has a lot of potential. He's shown some good stuff. But right now, if he's not going to contribute to a, a championship contention run and we can get somebody better, you know, give him to a team that actually wants to see him grow and is going to make the investment. Um, yeah, I, I don't need him. I hear you with that I'm because honestly, he was getting DNPs consistently. He was not even getting on the court until we made the trade. And I feel like we play him now more because we have to because we don't have a full roster. Yeah, I'm going to buy for that reason. I agree with Keith and Hudson in the sense that if this guy was still getting DNPs, you know, he'd be progressing in practice. He'd be working with DeAndre and KD, but we just threw him out there. He's going up against, you know, second units from Miami, Cleveland, Larry Nance, Jared Allen. When we play him at his true position. Yeah, he's not a center. That, that's the other thing. You can't, you can't throw him out in that second unit and say, okay, Jeff Green, you're the four. Perry, you're the five. I think give him some time. I think he'll be a key contributor to this team down the line, Nick. Well, I think people, too, don't also realize that, right? If you don't know Reggie Perry, if you haven't learned anything about this dude, you're like, why is this big man getting on the court and then gravitating higher up to around, around the perimeter? And to, like, to me watching it, right, I didn't really know the game plan. I didn't really know what he was put on the court to do. I was obviously like, no, get back down there. We don't need that right now, right? Like we, we have those stretch for us. We don't need him to come out. But if that's his skill set, I understand embracing that. Just to me right now, it didn't seem necessary. All right. And finally, I think I know the answer to this last player. If, if it's not unanimous, I'm going to be very surprised. But this guy's become a Nets fan favorite, and that is Bruce Brown. So are we buying or selling Bruce Brown? I think, I think we're all buying. Hudson and Keith are nodding in agreement. Nick is, is seriously nodding. Um, but yeah, that does it for buy and sell. Thanks for playing. Let's get to our rapid fire. Nick? All right, guys. This is our last segment of the pod. I'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions. Uh, I'll just say one of your names to answer first so we do this cleanly. All right. Are you guys ready for rapid fire? Yes, sir. Yep. Number one, Hudson, is there a player in the NBA more handsome than Joe Harris? Trick question. Absolutely not. Keith? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, Joe, Joey's got all the ladies looking at him and headband Harris, and then he even uh, shows how rugged he is. He bleeds almost every game. Oh, I love that response. All right, number two, on a scale of one to ten, how much do you guys hate Darren Williams? Keith? Darren Williams. Oh my God, bro. I used to have a Darren Williams Jersey that I wore and I didn't even like him. I just liked the number eight. I wore number eight in high school. So I, I wore it, but as soon as he was gone, I threw that Jersey in the garbage and it's uh, who knows where it is. I'm not a Darren Williams guy. We didn't get the Utah Darren Williams and we paid him for so long and so much. I was at, I was at multiple playoff games where uh, they took L's with Darren Williams and, uh, Iso Joe and Below, no, you, you just opened up an old wound there. No Darren Williams for me. 
Man, I'm just so grateful that Katie and Kyrie came so that we can forget that Darren Williams was ever on the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> oh, you guys are, are, are preaching to the choir here. All right, number three, Hudson. Pending any health issues, if he's good, does Karis LeVert become an all-star in Indiana? Oh, absolutely. I think he's on a much better team to become an all-star and to reach his potential in Indiana. And honestly, if the Nets end up running into the Pacers in the playoffs, I'd be worried a little bit as a Nets fan, not because we might lose, but because we might get consistently toasted by, you know, that all NBA, all bubble team, Karis LeVert. Yeah, I just have my head down because I, like, I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to be in a series against the Pacers where Karis is trying to drop 40 on us every night and the Pacers are letting him do it. Uh, you know, a lot of his game, we were, we were seeing him not play his game around KD and Kyrie. Uh, I, I think he's in the right place. He's, he's a Midwest guy. He goes to the Pacers who originally drafted him. And, uh, I, you know, I, I love that. You know, I don't love it, but I'm very happy that this trade also uncovered that he had a medical issue. Um, everything happens for a reason. He got traded. They had to give him a physical. They found there was, uh, you know, something wrong with his kidney. So I'm glad that he got that figured out. And uh, I wish him the best in Indiana. But no, I do not want to see him in a playoff series. No, for sure. And he's expected to make a full recovery. So, uh, you know, good, good for Vert. You know, glad this happened. Wish him the best. All right. Number four, Keith, who wins in a game of one-on-one, you versus Hudson? Oh, me. I mean, Hudson might be like a, a inch or two taller than me, but this is grown man strength. And like, I'm a former division one athlete. Like I'm going to figure out how to win. <laughs> yeah, but listen, but listen, you stop playing like AAU ball in what? Like fifth grade. <laughs> I like, okay. Like Keith, I am fully confident that you can throw a football maybe 18 times as far as I can. <laughs> but look, I'm just, I just shoot daggers. I'm like Joe Harris. I got a little bit of that size from the outside. If I can get a little bit of space, it's lights out, Keith. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to be fouling you. So there's no, there's no space. Like get <laughs> then I'll, be, I'll be calling my own fouls. Then I'll take it. <laughs> get me to the line. Uh, Fireside Nets is hosted Keith versus Hudson one-on-one once, uh, once the pandemic ends. Yeah. Uh, set it, set it up. <laughs> Number five, Hudson, if you could take one point guard in his prime, Kyrie Irving versus Jason Kidd, who do you take? Oh, look, look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm not trying to create any enemies. I'm not trying to betray my heritage. But if we're looking at just pure point guard excellency and talent, you're looking none further than Kyrie Irving. Wow. I'm seeing some crazy reactions across the board on this one. It's Jake Kidd, bro. <laughs> Jake, I mean, but you're you're too young to really understand or realize like what like what Jake Kidd was in his era. Like Kyrie, great basketball player, artist. I love Kyrie's game, but in the era that Jake Kidd was in, I mean, Jake Kidd was everything. Um, he was no, my look, favorite look. player. I get it. I understand that. I'm just saying, if you're looking like at like box office players, it's Kyrie Irving or it's AI. And honestly, you know, I think it's Kyrie Irving and Jay Kidd, I think is just in a different, a different type of player. It's hard to, it's almost hard to compare just the way that they, they play. Spen, I know you're making some, uh, some faces cause you love Jay Kidd probably more than you love me. Do you want to make a comment here? <laughs> I guess my one comment would be Jason Kidd took a Nets team that was very average to two finals appearances in a row. Kyrie Irving went to the finals, hit one of the biggest shots in finals history 
playing alongside, if not the greatest, the second greatest basketball player of all time, LeBron James. So for me, and I know Keith can relate to this, that's why we love Jason Kidd, because those Nets teams had no business being in the finals. None. All I'll say is I just I love both of them, and I just respect them in, in different ways. I think Jay Kidd is a great leader, and he's a, a great player. I just think it's almost hard to compare the two. It's like apples and oranges, just the style that they play and what they can bring when they are at their peak. Bro, Hudson was born in like 2003. Uh, Keith, give me a break. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't appreciate any of this slander. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. I'm just saying, bro. Like, like Jason Kidd took the Nets to the finals before Vince Carter was here. Vince Carter didn't help Jay Kidd get to the finals. Like, you weren't even alive. Like, you weren't, like, you weren't, you were alive for the second one. No, the, no, you wouldn't. You weren't thinking thoughts, or you like it's before your time. <laughs> Listen, I was there in my crib. They had it live streamed in. <laughs> Damn. All right, number six. We're gonna move on here. If you guys could interview, I'll start with Hudson. If you guys could interview anybody in the world, NBA or outside of NBA, on Talking Nets, or you know, outside of Talking Nets, if it's anybody in the world, who's your dream interview? I'll let Keith go. He seems like he's got an answer already. I mean, KD, I've wanted I've wanted to have KD on the pod from the time that we started it and I started speaking it into existence. That, hey, one day we're going to get KD on the pod because KD is that interview for anybody, whether it's his own podcast, whether it's uh, JJ Reddick's podcast or Big Cat and A-Rod's podcast. Like everybody's trying to land Kevin Durant. He doesn't do podcasts and interviews with just anybody. I mean, listen, if we're looking on the nets, there's there's no other clearer answer than KD. But if we're looking past the Nets, I mean, it's it, it has been, and I think it might always will be. If I'm trying trying to talk to any player that played basketball in the NBA, I'm looking at I'm looking at Dennis Rodman. That man has stories to tell. The worm. <laughs> that man has stories to tell. He he's got stories to tell from North Korea. You can't get a better storyteller than that man. <laughs> you probably got some female stories too. I might be interested in. All right, Car- well, Carmen Electra. Yeah, I want to hear about the Carmen Electra stuff. Right? That's what I'm saying. All right. Number seven, Keith, we'll start with you here. Was getting rid of John and Musa the worst decision the Nets ever made? John and Dazen Musa. Yeah. Musa, man, he could shoot it. Just kidding. Uh, how crazy is that? We we flip Musa for Bruce Brown, then Musa's out of the league. <laughs> Musa, didn't he go back uh, overseas? He's, he's playing in yeah, Istanbul he's in Turkey. now. He's in Turkey. He's man, playing Bistikas Istanbul. I wish him the best. Look at that. Him and Rodion Kurutz. We draft these guys from overseas. They don't spend much time on the Brooklyn Nets. And uh, now they're, I don't know, is Rody still in the league? Actually, Rody's with the Rockets. I think I actually saw him playing, but they, they're both gone from the Nets. So, man, let me tell you, he may not have been the best basketball player, but if I could have one iota, one fifth, one tenth of that man's confidence, <laughs> shit, this would be a solo podcast. Keith wouldn't even be here. <laughs> my guy my guy Musa used to come into the game and and just shoot it and some of like the thing is some of the best players in the world could be on the floor he doesn't care <laughs> yeah he was a legend I was always Musa over Kuruks when they put Kuruks in before Musa I was like you guys are making a big mistake all right number eight here on the list of rapid fire questions we got three left if we're talking about gentlemen here we got gentlemen on the nets these guys seem like good guys so you have a sister, you don't have a sister. If you did have a sister, hypothetically, which Nets player would you be okay with your sister bringing home and dating? We both have sisters. Uh, TLC, he seems like a nice Frenchman. He seems like a polite guy. 
I, I like that I, I saw him this year kind of getting Brad Beal's face because he, he looks like such a sweetheart. We actually went to uh, the, the Nets, like, I don't know, season ticket holders event last year. And I think Hudson ran into him and he just seemed like a nice regular guy. Like, I, I think I wouldn't mind my sister dating TLC, Tim, Timmy, Timothy Luau Cabarro. Look, for me, it's it's unfortunate because my answer has to change because it would have been Jared Allen. That man is the sweetest man ever to oh, exist. Man. But honestly, I'm just looking for someone who's who's going to be as vanilla as possible. So you know what? We're going no further than Joe Harris, a man that I walked down behind the stairs from like the going down to the court in the Barclays Center for like five minutes and had <laughs> absolutely no idea that I was walking one stair behind Joe Harris. I was actually a little frustrated because he was walking kind of slow. <laughs> <laughs> he takes his time, man. He doesn't want to trip. He doesn't want to get stepped on anybody's feet. He's just a gentleman. He was holding the railing and everything. It was great. <laughs> oh, man. He was waiting for like an old lady to pass so he could help her walk down and then take her out for a nice seafood dinner. All right, number nine here. Game's tied. Ten seconds left on the line. Who gets the ball? Who do you trust most on this new Nets team? KD. KD, 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 KD. Yeah, KD. I mean, greatest scorer of all time, KD. No question about it. Well, let me tell you this. From what you've seen so far, I think Spen made a claim either a week or two ago saying that KD's not looking clutch down the line. He's taking some shots under a minute, and he's not. those shots aren't really falling. So is that a concern for you guys? No. I mean, I, I, I say it's just rust. I say it's just getting back into the rhythm. I say it's, you know, being back in the NBA after 561 days off those shots that he didn't hit down the stretch. They hurt me too. Uh, that one game where Kyrie had an open look missed. Then KD had an open look missed. I'm like, we're supposed to have elite closers. Now one of them got to hit that shot, but I, I expect that to change when it matters most. No, I mean, it, it, it's KD. KD can do whatever he wants during the regular season when it's the playoffs, when it's winning time, We've seen what he can do and what he's going to do for this team. Okay, and the last question for you guys, last question of the pod before we let you guys go. Nets prediction this season. Where do we end up at the end of the season? I mean, we want to get to the finals, and I'm not I'm not going to back down from that. We're playing for a championship. Uh, we've been saying it for a long time. The whole reason you do this is to get to the finals. If the Nets give up Jared Allen and Karis LeVert and we don't get to the finals – like, I'm not going to feel feel fulfilled. I'm not going to feel like it was worth it. Like, let's get to the finals. We should come out of the East. We've already played the Bucks. We played the Heat. We, we beat the Sixers. I know things will change. And, you know, by the time the playoffs come, it's, it's going to look different. But with the, the three superstars we have on this team and, and, you know, these other role players and the depth that we're going to add, there's no excuse to me for these guys not to figure out how to come out of the East and represent the East in the NBA finals this year. Absolutely. The two seed nets beat the three seed Celtics in the Eastern conference finals, go on to the finals to play the Lakers. The series goes to six or seven. And then whichever team is, is, is there, whichever team has that momentum brings it home. But you're not going to say the Nets won at all. I'm going to say that they definitely get to the finals. What are we doing if they don't get to the finals? And honestly, I got all the confidence in the world. Nets versus the world. Nets world. Nets win yeah, the finals. If, I mean, I'm not going to say that we win the finals because I'm, I'm going to say that we get to the finals and I'll be I'll at least be happy that we're on that stage. We're at the final series. But if the Lakers trade for Bradley Beal, we might be in trouble. No, I don't know. <laughs> hey, but if we, if we get JaVale McGee, that's a different story. <laughs> JaVale McGee, he'll save us.
All right, Spen. All right, guys, that does it. That does it for this week's episode of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We thank Keith and Hudson from Talking Nets for joining the show today. Blast. Guys, where can our listeners find you on social media? At Talking Nets, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Keith McPherson, at Hudson Flynn. It's real simple. Our real names, government names, and then Talking, no G, Talking Nets. No G. I, I was on YouTube searching and someone, um, or I guess people are searching Talking Nets because as I, ta- I type Talking Nets, the suggestion came up Talking Nets. I'm like, I guess I got to add that in the tags because people are at, searching Talking. It's Talking with the uh, apostrophe. Go- Google's probably auto-correcting it for them, yeah. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> SEO. Thank you guys so much for jumping on the show. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for awesome. Appreciate us. you guys. Thanks, guys. Let's go Nets. Let's go Let's Nets. Let's do it. Catch you on the fire side.